10 years, it's a decade of discipleship. 100 years is a century, 1,000 years is a millennium, 10 years is a? Okay, discipleship for a long time is what I committed to. And, and I realize, you know what, that's what God's committed to. Do you realize he's committed to you over the long term, not over the short term? He's committed to you beyond the pandemic, not just in the midst of it. Do you realize that you are a long-term project? You look at the neighbor you prefer, say, you're a long-term project. Look at the other person, say, back off, I'm a long-term project. I'm not perfect because I'm a long-term project. Live with my failures and my flaws because he's not done with me, I'm a long-term project. Which means you and I are a work in progress, and this is... Consistent with what Jesus said in Matthew 4, he said, follow me and I will make you. Whenever you follow someone, generally you're wondering where they're taking you, but Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. If someone were to, you were to follow someone, you want to know where they're going. Yet Jesus didn't say, follow me and I'll take you somewhere. He said, follow me and I'll make you someone because the journey of following God is about who you become, not where you're going. You will end up amazing places and spaces, but who God wants you to be is what he's interested in. He's interested in who you are and who you are is a long-term project. And so people often, in the midst of the last 12 months especially, well, God, what's your will for me? I need to know what you want to do for me. When does my season start and end? And you know, how many people have genuinely prayed, God, I want to know your will? Just give me a wave so I know that I'm amongst Christians. Okay. Generally speaking, we want to know God's will. And then I stumbled upon this verse, which I knew, but I never really read it carefully. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always. Everyone say rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. So what's the will of God for your life? Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. Yeah, yeah, but, but that's wonderful, but I need some specific direction in my life. I, I meant something a little bit more like, you know, so... I've got some decisions to make. Like, do, should, I, should I go to uni or do I go to work? Like, do, what do I choose? The answer is do Equippers College. But anyway, uh, that's the will of Pastor Sam for your life. Um, what do I do, Lord? Pick one. And then rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and give thanks. But, but in uni, yeah, so rejoice always in uni, pray always in uni, and everything give thanks. Oh, I'm choosing work. Okay, fine. Lord, which profession? Do I be a nurse or an accountant? What do you like? Numbers or people? Pick one. And then, but what's the will of God? Either provided you rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. Yeah, but this is not helpful, uh, Pastor Mark. This is not helpful. I need, I need to know what does God want for me. Uh, like, i got, okay, that's fine for small decisions. What about big ones? Like, who do I marry? Do I marry this guy or that guy? Pick one. <laughs> and then rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. Depending on who you pick, you may need to rejoice more or pray more. I don't know, but pick one. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so I'm like, no, but no, 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 no. He cares about the hairs on my head. The Bible says he cares. Sure, he does. But 
he, that just speaks to how much he loves you and he cares about you, not so much about his will for the hairs on your head. Look at the neighbor next to you. Some of them have no hair. Some of them have lots of hair. Some of them have different colored hair. He cares about the hair, but he doesn't care what you do with the hair. He cares with, he, because he cares about you. It's this misunderstanding because he cares about my hair. That means every decision I need to make as if I'm so fearful. Of course, inquire of the Lord. Of course, seek the Lord and find out. But sometimes we get paralyzed in the journeys of life because we're wondering what the will of God is. He says, I'm not just interested in what you do, but who you are. Follow me and I will make you. What do I want you to be? A joyful, prayerful, thankful person. And that is the will of God for me. That is the will of God for you. Which also then tells me maybe the will of God isn't as circumstantial as I think. What if I'm in the right job but I'm a miserable, naturally minded, complaining Christian? Well, I'm not in the will of God. What if I married the right one but I'm miserable, naturally minded, complaining? That's not the will of God. Because the will of God is no matter where I am, no matter what I'm going through, that I in everything I rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. This is, everyone say, this is, this is the will of God. Not was, not will be, it's still today, 2,000 years later after Paul wrote it from a prison, this is still the will of God. And I want to talk about just one part of that will for the time we have left. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give Give thanks. I need you to repeat after me with the loudest, equippers voice you have. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. You can add emphasis to any part of that sentence and it'll give you a new revelation. In everything, not for everything. In everything, not some things. In everything, give thanks, not think thanks. In everything, give thanks, not give your opinion. In everything, give thanks for this, not it was, is the will of God for you. Here's a couple more verses on thankfulness that I think will help us land this. Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5. Enter his gates with and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy endures to all generations. And one more verse, Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts. Now you're like, I've heard a message on thanksgiving. I've heard lots on thanksgiving. More than ever, it's been required in the last 12 months, and more than ever, it'll be required for your future. Thankfulness is a good thing. Do you know, what if thankful, Thanksgiving wasn't just a date on our calendar, but a culture in our life? What if we were all thankful people by nature for what we have, for who God is, for what he's done, instead of what we don't have, who God isn't, or what he hasn't done? And, you know, according to research, multiple sources, being grateful or thankful has many benefits. It's not just a Christian discipline. Here's some of the benefits to all of humanity with thankfulness. Ready? Better physical health, who needs the gym? Just be thankful. Better sleep, who needs a pill? Just be thankful. Better mental health, enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Healthier self-esteem, improves psychological health. 
without a pill, a plan, or a program, just being thankful has all those benefits according to secular research. Here's the thing about being thankful. It's not about making other people feel good. It's actually for your benefit. It's a bit like forgiveness. Forgiveness, people think, sets others free when it really sets you free. Forgiveness and thankfulness are two of the biggest keys in the Scripture. In everything, everybody say, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. Why would the will of God be a thankful person? Because having the ability to be thankful in every situation and season or even seen in your life, it may not change what's around you, but it does change you. You know, 2020 was not the year to get everything you wanted. But it was the year that made you appreciate everything you have. Some people out of the whole season became more thankful, other people became more bitter. You know, you might sit here and go, well, of course, everybody should be more thankful. Yep, be nicer. How do I practically become more thankful? And I thought of an exercise that actually hones thankfulness. You know, if you take a look at a problem, any problem, maybe a problem in your life, the problem next to you, look at them and find something to be thankful for. Look at a problem. Look, okay, and look at a problem and then find something to be thankful. So, so Perth for years, which is where me and a few of the crew that I brought along, we come from Perth. That's the most isolated city in the world. For years, people laughed at us, complained at us. I mean, yeah, whatever. But it's the most isolated city. It's a problem. But thank God, I look at it and go, thank God it's isolated. We, like pretty much Auckland, have been pandemic-free and... Like, nobody flies to Perth, including the virus. And so what was a problem in terms of long flights is a blessing. And, and I look at the problem and I find something to be thankful for. Obviously, it's a horrible disease, the whole COVID thing, but it gave me more time with family, friends, our Perth team. I've got to look at a problem and find something to be thankful for. Look at the teenage, teenager in your house that is at home, wasting his life away just watching TV. That's a problem. And go... At least he's not on the streets doing drugs. I'm thankful. Look at the tax bill that you've got. And you're thinking, oh, man, that's a problem. You go, man, I must have earned a lot of money. Look at the mess after the party that you hosted. And, and, and you go, this is a problem. But you're like, well, at least I was surrounded by lots of friends. They weren't helpful, but they, at least I was surrounded. <laughs> Look at these clothes that fit a little too tight for me, must mean I have enough to eat. And I love ugly, obviously. Okay, that went down bad. Think of the person who's standing behind you or next to you who sings off key. You go, thank you, Lord, that my hearing still works. You know, earlier this year, I took our family to Adventure World, which is like a theme park, got all these rides, it's pretty cool. And uh, we're, I was walking to one of the water slides with one of my boys, and a bird had the nerve to drop its feces on my shoulder. I think, if I remember clearly, because it was so vivid in the moment, I remember about to say a few things, choice to that creature, uh, but I might have been around the time the Lord was challenging me about finding reasons to be thankful, and I said, Father, thank you, Lord, for my broad shoulders. 
the gym is paying off. You can look at any situation and find a way, and this will hone your thankfulness. You're like, how do I become thankful? It's not just an altar call that makes you thankful. It's actually honing your focus to see the good in every situation. Oh, yeah, but I'm single and I just want to be married. Thank God for all the money you have that you won't have. Oh, well, I'm married. I just want kids. Thank God for all the sleep you have, which you won't have. Oh, God, i got so many kids. Thank God for the legacy you have as opposed to what you don't have. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. Everybody say, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. So I'm going to need your help through it. As we go, when you feel like you need to, you can have a praise break. You can have a thanks break. You can just start to declare, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. You know, growing up, I always thought I was trained by my parents that saying thank you is manners. Because it is. It's, it's, it's courteous. But thankfulness, if you read the scripture, is far more potent and powerful than just being nice to old people. 73-year-old bishops included. Thankfulness is. Thankfulness is, number one, it's an alarm clock. Coming to New Zealand, we're four hours, you guys are four hours behind ahead, ahead, you're ahead of us. So it means when you want to wake up at 7 a.m. in here, it's 3 a.m. in Perth. Thank God for the alarm clock or we don't get up. We need an alarm clock to wake up, but thankfulness is like an alarm clock. It actually wakes you up. When you become thankful, it actually wakes you up. Specifically, it awakens praise. We just read in Psalm 100 verse 4 that we are to enter his gates with thanksgiving and then his courts with praise. Do you know the gates are first and then the courts? You know, you know obviously, great, great to see Wayne and Libby, who are just two of the most, my favorite people in the world. And amazing, but sometimes, you know, they would understand, all the worship leaders would understand, when you're leading and, you know, the praise and people just look at you like... And the worship leader gets up and goes, hey, come on, let's praise God. Are you ready to praise God? Like, you praise that's why you're paid, right? You're a staff. And, and I had an idea once, and I don't think we should try this, but you never know, Pastor Sam may say, okay, what, what if we didn't let anybody into the auditorium until they first gave thanks? Because you're meant to enter his gates with thanksgiving and then only his courts with praise. Imagine, Libby, imagine if we said to them, nobody's coming in. Like, you want to come into, I'm here, I'm here for church. Uh, have you given thanks? No. It's like the COVID test. You know, go to the side and you wait. You can't come into the country until you first, you know, and you're like, come on, give thanks. Five minutes of giving thanks. Oh, God, I guess I thank you. I thank you I didn't die. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you. The car does still work to come to church. Thank you, God. I oh, thank you. Oh, and after about three or four minutes of Thanksgiving, you'd be amazing. Hey, welcome to church. And you walk through the door. Who's ready to praise God? Yeah, we're ready to praise. Why? Thanksgiving is an alarm clock that wakes up your praise because if it precedes your praise, your praise becomes meaningful. Your praise becomes potent. We're meant to enter his gates with Thanksgiving. And then his courts with praise. What if in the car on the way to church every week, what if in the car on the way to work or wherever you go, you decided to start the day with thankfulness and say, God, I want to find many reasons to be thankful. It'll awaken your praise. It'll also awaken your faith. We, we read in Philippians 4 that we are to be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. See, that's not God being a divine meanie saying, listen, there's only so many billion complaints I can handle, 
Can you flavor your prayers with some thanks so I will at least not feel so depressed about my people? No, it's not God asking you to a little bit of prayer, a little bit of thanks, a little bit of prayer, a little bit of thanks. He says, do it with thanksgiving. Why? Because when you start to say, God, I've got needs in my life, but I want to thank you for what you've done. As you start to thank God for what he's done, it reminds you of who he is. It reminds you of what he's done. And so now I can not only be anxious for nothing, but my prayer and supplication is seeded with faith because I've loaded it with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving wasn't to appease the divine. It was to awaken inside of me the faith that if he's done it for you, he can do it for me. If he's done it before, he can do it again. Why? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're to enter his gates with thanksgiving and then his courts with praise. It's an alarm clock that wakes you up. Do you know, if we know the power of praise, especially here at Equipers. No doubt you don't call your conference shout unless you understand praise. You know that praise brings breakthrough. You know that faith moves mountains. And if I told you thanksgiving awakens both. We know the power of praise. We know the power of faith. And yet thanksgiving will awaken both. Everybody say, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. Let's do it without my prompting. Brilliant. Secondly, thanksgiving is not just an alarm clock. It's a compass. For those of you under the age of 40, a compass is a real device that existed once. Before Waze, before Google Maps. And it really guides you back on track. It doesn't tell you the detail, but it points you, points you true north. There's nothing like thanksgiving to guide you back into God's presence, even from a prison cell. Thanksgiving actually shows you true north who he is. See, if you're stuck in a, in a, in a crisis, in a, in, a, in a corner of a situation, and you feel trapped, Thanksgiving acts more than just manners. It's a compass that reorients who you are. And I can tell you from personal experience, and I'm sure there are many stories in this room, where you can start to be thankful even where you are. It'll start to point you in the right direction, and you'll start to realize, I have so much to be thankful for. Now, if I'm trapped in a bad circumstance, what am I thanking him for? Clearly, I'm not thanking him for my problem. The Scripture does not say, for everything, give thanks. You don't thank him for cancer. You don't thank him for sickness. You don't thank him for divorce. You don't thank him for pain because he's not the author of any of that. There is a devil and he's bad. God good, devil bad. It's not com complicated. Bad stuff doesn't come from God. He's good. Bad stuff comes from the enemy. But God will use any situation. He can use the hardships. He can use the tragedies. So if you're in a bad place, what are you saying thank you for? You're not thanking him for the hard place, but you're thanking him. Now is where you get a little, take your, your thanks high. You, you're thanking him for who he is. Because who he is, is eternally the same. I don't have to be in a good place. It says, give thanks to the Lord, for the Lord is good. Not this feels good. Not this is good. The Lord is good. Even in a prison, the Lord is good. In freedom, the Lord is good. In a good place or a bad place, the Lord is good. Do you know one of the signs of, that, of maturity is you start to thank God for who he is, not just for what he's done. That is one of the signs of maturity. I have two boys, they're growing up, 12 and 9, and, and honestly, all they want is presents, especially in the younger days, but then, you know, thank you, Dad, when I give them something. But real maturity happens when on Father's Day or my birthday or other times, even not, that's an occasion, they're like, Dad, just want to say thank you. 
Oh, for what? No, because you're such a generous dad. Now, that's not manipulation. Sometimes I used to think that's because they want something. But they're actually recognizing who I am, even though in that moment I didn't give him anything. Real maturity is when you don't get exactly what you want and you can still give God thanks for who he is. Real maturity is I recognize the nature of God, even though in that moment he didn't give me what I want. I need healing, but I recognize he is the healer. So thank you, God, you're the healer. That's not manipulation. I just praise him and I give him thanks for who he is. I need a miracle financially, but God, I thank you, you're the provider. I can't thank you for provision right now because I don't feel like I've got it, but I can thank you for who you are. And thankfulness becomes a compass that reorients you. And you know, there are many people who are not in a prison cell physically like Paul was when he wrote it. You're free on the outside, but you're lost on the inside, which is really what mental health is. And thankfulness becomes a key that God has given us. It's a compass that can actually reorient you. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. Thirdly, thankfulness is an anchor. An anchor. You know, an anchor is designed to stop a boat from drifting with currents. To stop your life Meandering off course when things aren't going well. It holds you in a storm so you don't drown in negativity or self-pity. Apparently, we get peace that passes all understanding when we flavor our requests with thanksgiving. You know, look, I, I, I'm hardly a student of anchors, but I know this much. An anchor is only as effective as its weight you can buy toy anchors at a store. I don't recommend you use it on a real boat because it doesn't have weight. Give your thanksgiving real weight and it'll be effective in every storm. Some people say, okay, let's give God thanks. This is probably the last, probably our generation. Everybody say, is there anything you're thankful, God, thankful to God for? Ah! Okay, give God some thanks for what he's done. Ah! Okay, can you thank him specifically for anything? He's like, yeah, woo! I love it. But give it weight enough. There's an old hymn that said, count your blessings, name them one by one, count your blessings, see what God has done. Where's Bruce? He'll know this one. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you, even though it shouldn't, it'll surprise us what the Lord has done. If God's will for me and for you is to become a thankful person, here's his will for you. What's the will of God? In everything. Guys, that's got pathetic. Let's start again this time. Is, what's the will of God? Ready? Here we go. Again. Look at the person next to you and shout at him. Make sure that is clear because it's an anchor that will hold you in the storm. It's an anchor that will keep you safe and secure while the billows roll. There is a thanksgiving inside of you that it may not change where you are. Do you know an anchor doesn't change where the boat is? It just holds it stable while it's in it. 
Thanksgiving may not change what you're in, but it will change you in the middle of it, and it will keep you stable in the midst of it. And that's why often at Christian funerals, they call them thanksgivings. Why? Because we're giving thanks for what God has done giving thanks for the life that's been lived. I was at Jemima's granny's funeral yesterday, and it's a thanksgiving because she loved the Lord, she loved people, and she loved life. And it's easy to give thanks when you know that it's something that will hold you even in the storm of grief or pain or tragedy. Thanksgiving is an anchor, and it changes your whole view. You no longer cry that it's over but that you smile that it even happened. Thanksgiving changes the vista, the filter, and the view. It's an anchor that will hold you because in everything, for this is the will of God. And finally, as Josh, the one and only Josh, strides effortlessly past the seven knees that are in the way without drawing the eyes of, oh, oh, that's the power of God right there. Stand up, pick him up. I'm doing my Dave Hall impersonation because I know you're missing it. No, I'm just joking. You all right, buddy? Okay, how about the whole team come? That's a great idea. Would have made it a lot easier. I love you. You're amazing. Have you missed me? Yes, I miss you too. Um, Thanksgiving is an alarm clock. It wakens your praise and faith. It's a compass that reorients you back in the midst of your circumstance. It's an anchor that holds you, but it's also a key. Because you might be here sitting, listening, going, a key? What do you mean a key? See, you might be sitting here listening, going, listen, I don't know about what's wrong with all you other people. I'm not asleep, lost, or drowning. I'm actually doing good. Is Thanksgiving only for the people who are depressed, lost, messed up? Thanksgiving is also a key that gives you access for more. It actually opens the doorway. We, I, I found this pic, and I loved it, of, of a doorway that actually, if you look through it, you can see how you, no matter where you're at, God has more for you. No matter what 2020 was like for you. Some people, 2020 was amazing. They made more money. They, they, they got reunited with their family. That, you know, my kids, literally, because for the last 10 years before last March, I'd been away. The rhythm of my life was essentially for a decade. Did I say that right? A decade, literally every two weeks, I'm on a plane. The longest I'd ever been in a city for 10 years was 20 days for 10 years. And when we got stuck at home, my younger one was like, oh, wow, I now can finally call you dad. I'm like. (laughs) He's a bit of a drama king, that one, but anyway. So I'm not suggesting that everybody here has lost sleep or drowning. But if there's in your heart a hunger for more of God, I want to tell you thankfulness is one of the biggest keys you'll ever find. Think about it. It's a part of stewardship. Can you be grateful for what God's given you? Because here's the key to more. Faithful with a little, faithful with much. A part of being faithful is being thankful. 
Think about it as a parent. If you've got kids and you give gifts to them, the ones who say thank you, you're much more likely to want to give them more. The ones who carry entitlement, the ones who think, oh, well, this is what I get because, no, 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 no. When you are grateful, when you are thankful, all of a sudden there's a desire in the parent to go, I'm going to give more to that child. Why? God is the same. To those who are thankful, to those who are grateful, a part of stewarding what you've been given. Imagine if you took your five loaves and two fish and said, God, I thank you for my five loaves and two fish. Not, God, I need, there's a multitude here, Lord. Don't you see what we need? No, God, I'm grateful for what you've given. And Jesus took the meal, gave thanks, the Bible says. When you give thanks for what you do have instead of what you don't have, it's it preceded the multiplication. The multiplication of your opportunity, your talent, your grace, your gift might be hinging right now on you choosing not to complain about what you don't have, but what you do have. God, I thank you for what you have given me. And Lord, I give you thanks that this is a key. God, I give you thanks. Make me a thankful person. In abasing or abounding, I give you thanks. God, I thank you for the healing. I thank you that even if I don't have the healing, you're the healer. Lord, I thank you for the provision, but even if I don't have it, you're the provider. God, I give you thanks because this is the key to more. This is the key to multiplying. God, I thank you that I'm doing great, but for what you've given me, I give you thanks. For what you've given me, I give you thanks. For what you've given me, I give you thanks. And you know, I thought about it, these four analogies, the clock, the compass, the anchor, and the key. And I looked at it and I thought, you know what all of these have in common? You don't have to think too deep. It's not that it's metallic. Not that it's whatever. I'm a simple person. Here's what all four have in common. You have to use them. If I loaded your backpack up with all four, but you never used it, it'll benefit you nothing. Thankfulness is a wonderful sermon, but it's a powerful application. You have to use it. If you don't use it, You'll sleep through the season. You'll sink in your storm. You'll stay lost and you'll stay stagnant. Thankfulness is so much more powerful than manners. So much more powerful than God. Could you be nice to me and I'll be nice to you? God has hardwired this divine key and he's given it to you and I. Jesus prayed for 10 lepers in the book of Luke and they all went their way. But one, the Bible says the foreigner turned around and came back and said, thank you. And Jesus looked at his disciples and said, were there not another nine also? Were there not another hundred? Were there not another thousand? Were there not another 2,000 at Equippers who I I touched and who I blessed and who I healed and I provided and I sustained and I kept? Where, 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 Where were they? Where were they? You know why? Because it took that foreigner. It took that foreigner effort. It took him inconvenience. It took him time. He was on his journey celebrating with his loved ones. And he thought, hang on, let me stop for a minute and turn around and go back and give thanks to the one who actually made this possible. And sometimes it takes thanks. Sometimes when, when the preacher says, come on, give the Lord a shout. You're like, oh, I've already given the Lord seven shouts and shouts. Over. It just takes inconvenience. It takes time. But there's something about saying thank you. There's something about looking over your life and scanning over the recesses of your history and saying, God, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for what I do have. And Lord, I pray in your hand it would multiply. I want to take the time to say thank you. And it said, give thanks, not think thanks, not feel thanks. 
give thanks. Come on, everybody, let's stand to our feet right now all over this auditorium and repeat after me in everything. Give thanks, for this is the will of God. One more time, in everything. Give thanks, for this is the will of God. One last time, in everything. Give thanks, for this is the will of God.